Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 215 of Getting It Out podcast. That was Hold My Own with Deceit. The song comes off of their 2021 demo. It's a, it's a band featuring members of MH Chaos, Sector, The Mongoloids, The Killer, World Demise, Shattered Realm. You see, it's guys from New Jersey and it's guys from Chicago coming together to make another fantastic heavy hardcore band. Although the trick is the songs are fast and that's why I appreciate it. This, this band features, uh, like I said, members of MH Chaos who I had on on a previous episode. And why that's important is because on that episode, I asked... A guitarist Anche Chabra, what's the first record that comes to mind when he thinks of Baltimore hardcore? And here's what he said. Um, I guess for me personally, it's gonna be Stout Sleep Bitch, yeah. for sure, brother. Yeah, I mean that that might be like the quintessential Baltimore hardcore band that I first was introduced to, and I was like, damn, like, and then just you know, remember seeing people wearing the you know, welcome to Baltimore, duck motherfucker shirts. So that's that's definitely definitely it for me. Baltimore hardcore, fucking sick, man. Anshit's not the only one who thinks that way, and in fact, I totally agree with him. Baltimore hardcore and stout are synonymous. And when you talk about stout, you're gonna talk about drummer Scott Powers, affectionately known in the Baltimore hardcore scene and probably worldwide at this point as Scotty P. 
On this episode of Getting It Out Podcast, I am pleased to present a conversation with one Scotty P of Stout. Yeah, what's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious hot dog back at it again with another podcast intro. He said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Getting It Out Podcast? He said, oh, shit, I got to write a rap first, don't I? He said, no, you don't got to write a rap first. Baltimore, Maryland, the greatest city in America if you read the benches, if you believe the benches, and I do. I love Baltimore, Maryland. I lived there for quite a few years, and I have quite a bit of an affinity for the place, despite the fact that I left there with more scars, more broke, more beaten, and with what one therapist would call PTSD than uh, any other place in my life. But I love it, and I love going back there though it's usually for a brief visit these days. Uh, but the reason I was so drawn to Baltimore is Baltimore's hardcore scene. Growing up 45 minutes north in York, Pennsylvania, it was the closest major city with the biggest hardcore scene, and it's where we gravitated towards. And uh, there I met a lot of people, made a lot of good friends, some to this day, most not, and uh, I had a lot of fun. I'd be lying if I said it was the best decision I ever made, and I probably made all of my worst decisions there, but you live and you learn, right? Or at least you should. I don't know what the first show I went to in Baltimore was, but I can tell you that the first show that I stayed after and spent the whole weekend for was Stout's Sleep Itch CD release show. It was headlined by Underdog. I want to say Trapped Under Ice opened it. Of course, Stout played, I believe, Billy Club Sandwich and Crowd Deterrent too. And it was at the auto bar. Afterwards, I stayed at a buddy's house. And that's where I got to know a lot of the guys, including the fellows in Stout. For a while there, I'd pop down on weekends, hang out after shows. And eventually, I ended up moving there. Very quickly, I felt at home in the city and in the scene. And uh, Scotty was one of the guys who helped do that. Though I do remember one night very early on, very late, on the second floor of the auto bar, where Scotty smacked me in the face. And without thinking much about it, I smacked him right back in the face. And he again smacked me in the face. And then he said, do you want to take this outside? And I said, I don't, but I will. And ever since then, it seemed like we were cool. Not that we had beef before, but that was just like, hey, all right, this will work out. And if we're telling the truth, I narrowly escaped a beating. So it all worked out in that regard. And I've been friends with Scotty since. And it was a total joy to sit down and have a conversation with him that I am going to share with you right now. But first, we need to listen to some stout. You think you're big time? You're gonna fucking die big time! Here comes the pain!
kind Yeah, I fear not, dread not, never fucking the blood of pain The scepters of mine have fed me a sight more blood More whiskey, more wine start getting involved or get interested in punk rock or hardcore aggressive music whatever you want to call it man <clears throat> early i was probably 10 or 11 how'd you find it and uh my sister she was three years older than me and like got into the punk thing like when she was like 13 like her friends and you yeah. know she was friends with like some some older kids and whatever and at the time i was listening to like van halen and shit like that you know and uh so one day my sister was like, you need to stop listening to that bullshit and listen to this. And like, she gave me like a tape, like, I think it was like a, a mixtape, had a bunch of different shit on it. I think it had like a flex your head comp on yeah. there and maybe like some exploited or GBH or something. And I was like, I was instantly hooked. I was like, fuck yeah, this is, <laughs> you know, and like sex pistols and you know, that type of shit. Yeah. And, uh, so immediately, dude, I was hooked. I was like, this is me, dude. Cause I was like, I was an aggressive little fucker. <laughs> and so like the, the music just kind of like, uh, matched how I was feeling, you know? Yeah. And, uh, that was bad when I was a kid, man. I got locked up the first time when I was 10 years old for possession of, uh, illegal weapons and armed robbery and shit. Like I was a little bastard. Is it, and, uh, what weapon did you have at 10 years old? A giant ass, like Rambo knife. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so like, you know, the, the music just matched like how I felt and it was perfect. And, you know, I'd you'd see like pictures of like punk rock cats, their fucking hair all spiked up and crazy. And I just thought it was the fucking coolest thing ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, 
And I still fuck with my sister to this day. I'll like, I'll be like, you know, it's all your fault, right? <laughs> She's like, what? And I'm like, the, the way my life panned out. She's like, don't put that shit on me. <laughs> you know, because, you know, I, I got into it and then just fucking, that was it. Like, I found my spot, you know. I was like, this is where I belong, you know. And that's been that way ever since, you know. Yeah, I mean, I would truly, you, you were truly one of the people that I would call a lifer, you know? Like, you just mentioned, oh, yeah, you, you yeah, just yeah. mentioned going to shows recently. And, uh, and you're talking oh, yeah. about when you're 10 years old, too. And, uh, that's, that, yeah, that's, I, I don't go to it like that anymore. I, I listen to it and, you know, I'm interested in it, but I don't go like that anymore, you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my life choice, you know what I mean? Like, what am I going to do? Like, just because I'm fucking almost 50 years old, like, what am I going to start hanging out with lawyers? And, like, be <laughs> like, I don't, I don't really, get, I call them citizens. I don't get along with citizens. Like, my people are in the pit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, where were you? Because where, where, you didn't, you weren't uh, born and raised in Baltimore, right? Just outside, if I remember? In the county, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when did you, when so, did you first find yourself, like, going to a show and specifically, finding Baltimore hardcore? Well, it was always kind of a thing. Like, um, I can't remember the name of Grant from Gut Instinct was in a band prior to Gut Instinct. And I can't remember for the life of me what the fuck they were called. But, um, you know, my sister would go to shows like she'd sneak out, but my parents weren't having that shit with me. You know what I mean? I was, I was a, a little kid, you know what I mean? Like, she'd sneak out and go down to the loft and see, like, Youth Brigade and, like, you know, all these bands and blah, blah, blah. And she'd come home and tell me all about it. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, like, um, like my parents weren't having that punk rock shit either. Like, I'd fucking be all dressed up like a little punk rock kid, like, going to middle school, you know, sixth grade or whatever. And my mother was like, you're not leaving the fucking house like that. Like, what's wrong with you? You know? So I would take, like, my combat boots and my shit and my exploited t-shirt and I'd throw it out the window. And uh, and then I'd just collect my shit outside and go get changed at the bus stop, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, like, the first show for me, um, I was probably 16 and the only reason that probably happened because I was I was jammed up from the time I was fourteen to the time I was sixteen. Mm -hmm. So I got locked up for two and a half years because I was a fucking maniac when I was a kid. Like I said before. <laughs> yeah, what's that? Um, just like was that just like a juvenile detention center or some shit? Yeah, but it wasn't. It was. It was like a. It was a, a place called Straight. It was like a cross between like the military jail and rehab. Yeah. Like, and it, it wasn't just juveniles. I mean, there was people there in their thirties. Like I was in there with like adult, like grown ass men when I was 14 years old. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And there was crazy shit going on in there, sexual assaults and fights and fucking crazy shit, you know? Mm -hmm. But, uh, so when I got out of there in 91 is when I started, like, I was like, okay. So I started going to shows and, um, one of the dudes I was in there with <clears throat> was um, was friends with Dave Hunt, and Dave Hunt was singing for Next Step Up at the time. This yeah, was yeah, yeah. before Jr. Yeah, and um, so like I started, you know, started going seeing Next Step Up, and started you know going to those kind of shows, and and uh, who else was playing around back then? Well, Gut Instinct was still around then, right? 
Yeah, but it was few and far in between that that they had a show, okay. and I didn't get a chance to see them. They played. All right, you know, you know where that Dunkin' Donuts is down on like Conkling and Boston Street, right by the breweries and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, before they put all that shit in there, it was just old brewery complex, and it was just kind of like half ass vacant. Mm-hmm. So I remember like 91, I guess it was, like Sick of It All, I think Marauder, Gut Instinct. Like I probably have the flyer still somewhere. But they played there somewhere in that fucking warehouse situation. And I remember me and a couple of the homies like driving around trying to find the place. We couldn't, we didn't see people, we didn't see any signs of life like a show was going on yeah and apparently the show went on but uh, maybe <laughs> we fucked up but <laughs> no fuck yeah. no yeah it was like still then it was like uh gun instinct just cause uh stuff like that was going on and then like when next step up started taking hold i guess like it was like next step up and gridlock it would be like next step up gridlock and a headline band like at the rev or at the the rage or whatever and it, it like and at the time like i started kind of getting bored i, I was like kind of got bored with it because it was like the same two bands in a headline band and granted i saw some awesome shows i mean i seen those two bands open up for biohazard and yeah you know this and that and sick of it all and sheer terror and you know all that shit and uh, I started getting kind of bored, I guess. And plus, like, a lot of my friends from around the way were, like, into, like, more kind of street-level shit, mm-hmm. you know? So I kind of, like, I don't know. It wasn't by choice, I don't think, but I kind of stepped away, I want to say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then got into more dumb shit, like fucking selling drugs and, you know, this and that, like, whatever. And then... Um, I guess around late 94, um, I had a house up on Reisertown Road and Matt, who was, um, the second guitar player for, um, Next Step Up, mm-hmm. it was Mike Ayers and Matt Lauder playing guitar and Maddie and I had a house on Reisertown Road and he had a tattoo shop going out, going on on the first floor. And I had the upstairs spot. Was this a legit tattoo shop? I mean, people were getting tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there was a sign out front. I mean, that's, I don't that's think legit. Paying taxes or had like a business license or anything, but I mean, it was just you know it was just going trying to down. get the atmosphere. That's all. Just trying to <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was going down. You know, I don't yeah. think no, it definitely wasn't legit. But I mean. There was some legitimate ink getting flung in there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and so upstairs in my fucking spot was where, you know, Matt and I started jamming out a little bit. And, um, we were friends with Drew, and Drew was in, like, he was living at the beach for a long time because he worked at the Chad Street down at the beach with, like, Gary and, and everybody. Mm-hmm. And, um, so Drew was playing bass and, and Matt was playing guitar and I was like, all right. And I was still kind of like, I had a band when I first got out, when I first got out in 91, like me and a couple of buddies of mine that I was locked up with, like kind of put a band together and did like all kinds of stuff. We did like some punk stuff, but then like our guitar player was like, 
like like Pink Floyd and some shit. So we did like some Sabbath stuff. We did we did like all, like not covers, but like kind of influenced by that kind of stuff. You know? Sure. Yeah. And uh, but I hadn't touched my drums in a couple of years because, like I said, I was getting into some dumb shit. But when did you and, start? Uh, when did when did you start even drumming? Uh, I guess in like fifth grade. Back when they used to offer music in school, yeah, um, I started playing the snare drum, like in, in like school band, just like a single snare drum, right, right. And then I want to say like maybe seventh grade, sixth grade or seventh grade, they had some kids come from the high school from the high school band and came to our music class like after school, and. Um, they played the fucking drum set and like, you know, they were just playing like straight beat. It wasn't like they were like playing anything, like looking back on it. It wasn't like they were playing anything like outstanding, but like, I was just like, Holy shit. Like all those things combined, like that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. And, um, it took me a little while, but before the end of that day, after they like showed us the thing, like I had a straight beat down, you know? And I was like, okay. So I just kind of like, played with that for a while and would add like an extra hit on the snare, extra hit on the bass or, you know, this and that and just fucked with it. And then when I started going to shows, I would just fucking just stare at the drummers. You know what I mean? I would just fucking zone out and just watch what they were doing. Like, Oh, okay. All right. That's, that's how you do a rim shot or that's how you do this or that's how you do that. And so then I just kind of started like, you know, I was self-taught. I mean, besides that straight beat, the high school kids like showed me how to play a straight beat. And besides that, I just kind of started figuring it out. I still haven't figured it out yet. But <laughs> yeah, but I, Scott, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. The one I've always appreciated this about you is that you you take drumming seriously, and uh, and I, I'll I'll never forget. Well, a little bit because we use it. <laughs> we use the your your phrase or your your saying to make fun of uh, one of our. Uh, friends, but uh, <laughs> there are there are people who play the drums and there are drummers, and uh, you right. have clearly always been a drummer, and uh, we know who the people who play the drums are, and like your appreciation right, right. for the actual um, the actual skill of it. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm such a dick, man. I used to bust his chops nonstop. It was Liter- like literally though, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so like, you know, when I when I was off fucking about and doing dumb shit, then we started jamming. And like I said, I'd kind of strayed away from going to shows because I was doing more devious shit and fucking whatever. And then like when we started playing, I was like, man, let me fucking like now we're playing this hardcore shit. Like, let's get back to going to shows. You know what I mean? I started going to shows and then. You know, and then the band progressed a little bit. Like, it was just, like, the three of us kind of jamming. And then Matt was like, well, you guys are on your own trajectory, you know. So me and Drew kind of were just jamming. And then a buddy of ours was like, because Drew worked at Little Vinny's tattoo shop. And a mutual friend of ours at the time, who's now a piece of shit, um, was like, oh, man, I know this dude that works at Vinny's that plays guitar. We we're like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, we had like, you know, a song and a half or something. But <laughs> you know, we we're like, well, let's audition them. Like, we were, like we were some <laughs> big time. Like it was something important going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, 
I remember he showed up to the Rice Town Roadhouse with a uh, a classical acoustic guitar, right? <laughs> so he he shows up, and we're kind of like looking at him, like, "What the fuck?" And he started busting out all this like neoclassical, bring ding ding, bring ding 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 ding, <laughs> like all this crazy shit on the fucking guitar. I was like, "Well, shit!" I'm looking at Drew. I'm like, "Oh, if he can do this shit, I'm." I'm Sure, he can play power chords. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we're like, qualified. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You know, so I'm like, well, let's fucking do it. You know, and then we had, so we had the three of us, and so then we started jamming, had a couple songs, and then uh, we're like, well, we need a singer. And a buddy of mine, he's dead. He's been dead for fuck almost thirty years, but um. Nah, it couldn't have been that long. 25 years or whatever. Because when we first started style, I was thinking about getting him to do it because he sang for like some oi bands and some this and that. And then, but he had too many fucking enemies like in Baltimore, you know what I mean? So I was like, <laughs> man, we're going to play hell every time we play shows, you know, this and that. And like, Tad was always like, we'd be hanging out at the bars and whatever. And Tad was always like, like saying some crazy shit, like hitting some crazy rhymes with some fucking wild ass fucking lyrics. So we were like, well, let's get Tad to fucking do it. You know what I mean? So we're like, dude, do you want to sing for this fucking band? And he was like, hey, fuck yeah, I'll, you know, whatever. And then, so, we, you know, we're making a little bit of headway. We, you know, because most of the time when we had band practice, we were just getting fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we practiced getting fucked up and trying to play music. Well, it was, it was preparation for the shows. That's really what, yeah, I mean, like yeah, that, that yeah. type of preparation, not not the actual practicing of instruments or songs. It was the, yeah. the ability to perform yeah. under the influence. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, we used to get down. <laughs> I'm not uh, want to get into it, but, yeah. I mean, we used to get fucked up. And uh, so anyway, so I remember, like, you know, we were making a little bit of headway, and we had a couple songs with some lyrics and this and that. And then I remember one day we had practice, and uh, and Tad was like, hey, man, did you guys find a singer yet? <laughs> and we're like, what? Like, we thought he was quitting, right? Because yeah, like, yeah. in our mind, like, Tad was the singer. This is our singer. So he's like, did you guys find a singer yet? And I was like, what do you mean find a singer? Like, you're the fucking singer. He was like, what do you mean I'm the singer? I'm like, you're the fucking singer. <laughs> And he's like, oh, he said, I thought I was just filling in until y'all found somebody. We were like, what? Like, what are you What are you talking about, bro? Like, we're like, no, it's it's you. If you want to do it, let's do it. You know. And he was like, all right, let's do it. So, you know. And That's... I guess that was that was, um, I guess like February of '95 is when it actually all kind of came together and was actually like a band instead of like some ragtag bullshit. You know. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. It's, Still some ragtag bullshit, but, you know what I mean. It's like, seasoned as as, ragtag. Like, okay, bullshit. we're a band. You know what I mean? Like that's that's funny so. to hear that about hear that about Tad because I like I can't imagine I can't imagine him being like that. Like I you know I only know him as his as his big imposing presence, confident. I'm the guy, right? This is yeah. I, mean, I am. It stout, wasn't like right? he was insecure about it. He just I guess like lines got crossed somewhere, and he thought that we were asking him to fill in until we found a singer. So it wasn't like he was like insecure about what he was doing. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I can be the singer. <laughs> like he fucking, you know, he rolled right into it, you know? Right. right. And, uh, so 
So that's why it kind of hit me crazy when he was like, did y'all find a singer yet? And we're like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Right. We're like, you're the guy, man. Yeah, man. I can't imagine Stout with anybody else. And since then, it's it's been just you two, right? You two are the only two who stayed in the band the whole time. Correct. I mean, if you want to get into the technicalities, I'm the... I'm the longest running member of that band. You win. Yeah. I win. When when the lawsuits begin. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can, we can use this conversation as evidence that you were the first one. I'm surprised we haven't been sued already. The amount of people that fucking went to the hospital just from the pit. Jesus. <laughs> I think I'd be more worried about from, uh, never mind. But um, the... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That used to happen too, man. Back in the early days, we would unload off the stage. All of us would drop our instruments, jump off stage, and you know, handle some shit, and then get back on stage like nothing ever happened. Be like, where were we? <laughs> okay. Well, that was that was the that was the reputation of Stout that I knew before I before I first saw Stout, before I got to know you guys, before all that. Um, being that I was just forty five minutes north in York, um, the there was just it was just like heard about stout right and there was just <laughs> and it, it was funny to hear I, I think i heard about it through scotto i think scotto was the one who brought stout to me and uh it was just that uh that comp that baltimore hardcore comp with uh, like the cornerstone that i guess josh did and it had, yeah, yeah, it yeah. had like pete moss and i don't know what the other song on it was but that was like my introduction to stout and and then it was just hearing about hearing about you guys and uh, that was one of the things. Is like these guys are fucking crazy, and they'll kill you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> I mean, yeah, it was it was crazy back then. I mean, yeah, it was definitely a lot different than it is these days. That's for sure. For I mean, sure. we were banned from like we couldn't play in Baltimore, DC, just because of the shenanigans that happened at the shows. I mean, we had to fucking play shows in like Jersey and shit like that. We couldn't play at home for the longest fucking time, man. You know, Loki. Uh, Loki used to sing for uh, what was that? Circle of Violence, and they were out of Jersey. Mm-hmm. And so Loki would like hook us up with shows like up in Jersey. Like I remember, we opened up one time for I guess this was like ninety. I want to say ninety eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Loki put a show together up in um, fuck New Brunswick, maybe. That's a place. It'll and work. It, and it was like, uh, it was Killing Time, it was Floor Punch, uh, 97A, um, Circle of Violence, Us, and like one or two other bands or whatever. But yeah, we had a hard time playing at home, man, because I guess our, repu- our reputation like preceded us. They were like, nah, I don't think we want any of that kind of shit going on. Because I mean, we were, I mean, we, you got to remember, we were all young, you know what I mean? We were fucking full of piss and vinegar and we didn't mind spreading it around you know <laughs> no, no no and uh well i think um that's this there's like a there's like a mythical thing about stout and uh i i appreciate that i don't know how much you guys like it but i, I have a feeling you don't mind um the the uh and maybe it's not even myth you know what i mean so <laughs> some of it's pretty true i'm sure um but so you, you guys start doing that in 95 you're playing shows out of state did you well when you when you got the band fully together, did you know how you wanted it to sound? Because Stout has a really distinct sound, in my opinion. I did. Like I didn't have a specific. I didn't have a specific like 
I want it to sound like this. I knew what I didn't want it to sound like. What was and that? I didn't want it to sound like all the other Baltimore hardcore bands. Gotcha. I wanted us, like, I was like, I want us to be original. I don't want to sound like Guttens, even though all of these bands that I'm about to name, like, paved the way for us to be able to do what we were doing and still doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's been a while, but, uh, you know, so I was like, I don't want to sound like Next Step Up. I don't want to sound like Gun Instinct. I don't want to sound like Just Cause. I don't want to sound like Swords of Discord. I don't want to sound like this or that. I was like, I want our own shit, and I want it to be original, and I want it to just be fucking heavy and angry. Like, you know? <laughs> and I think we've managed to do that, and that's one of the things that I really am, like, proud about with Stout is that we don't sound like anybody else. No, no, I agree. Like, Nobody can be like, oh, this is some cookie cutter shit. Yeah. Like, no. we, <laughs> we, no. we sound like us and that's that, you know? Absolutely. And, but and to, to your point about, well, you're, you're absolutely right. 100%. And, but I feel like that with you guys, with what, I feel like none of, none of the big Baltimore, ba- none of the big bands in Baltimore hardcore history in the arch of it really do sound the same and i think that's really interesting and unique about the city and about its scene is that yeah like, you, like from, gut from, instinct yeah yeah you take God, that you start with gut instinct to the, the ones that i would consider like the biggest ones gut instinct next step up you guys um who would come after that maybe harsh truth harsh truth okay and uh the, well then you then you guys did slumlords uh that sounds nothing like what you were doing before um yeah, yeah. There's Pulling Teeth, yeah. who's nothing like anything else. There was Ruiner, who's nothing like Trapped in the Rice, who's a little bit similar, but really nothing. Now you got End It, who doesn't sound like any of those other bands. Like there's, I love those guys, man. God, they're so they're, they're, a they're, great fucking band. They're great, and they're they're doing so well right now. I don't know how much you're seeing, but they are they are going off. It's it's nuts. I, I love it. Good, good for them, man. That's what's up, man. Because I wish. Uh, I don't know. I'm glad things happened the way they happened uh, for us. But like, if we would have been a band when the internet was the internet and you know, everything was like like it is these days, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of easier for bands these days. Sure. And not saying that they're not putting in their work. You know, I'm not. I'm not naysaying at all. Right. Because like, right. those guys are killing it. You know what I mean? But uh, I feel like it's easier in this day and age. Um, because back then, I mean, you know, you had to mail shit. Like <laughs> people were like, "I want your demo." You're like, "All right, what's your address?" You know, and uh, it wasn't like, "What's your email address?" It was like, "What's your fucking address?" You had to go to the post office to get this shit done. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I and, uh, I think there's it's definitely easier to get their name out, but I do think they do deal with the the issue of uh, oversaturation, where there's fucking 15 million bands out there right now. But that's why it's important that bands sound different and. I think that's what Baltimore hardcore is great at is having different sounding bands than like any. I agree. And, and, and you guys, you guys are a fucking prime example of that. And, uh, there's only really like, well, it's a little more than two albums you guys put out there. There's two albums. There's the EP and you got some demos, right? Yeah. We did like a demo. We did a EP or wait, we did a demo and, Maybe an EP, then maybe a full length, and I don't know. <laughs> there's a few, uh, yeah. there's a few demos that you can call EPs. Yeah, it's a blur. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but do you, when did you, uh, 
when you first started playing shows, when you had like a, a, a proper stout demo, do you remember what those first shows were like? And what's your favorite part yeah. about those memories? favorite part for me was got, was what got me hooked, which was the adrenaline of it. Like, you know, I used to be so nervous, man, before shows. I'd just, like be in the parking lot, like drop and do a bunch of fucking knuckle push-ups just to try to like get, get some <laughs> of that shit out of me, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it was just like so much adrenaline and, and like just fucking worked up, you know? And I, I just, you know, because... When we first started, like we didn't have any aspirations of putting out a record or like going on tour or any of that shit. Like, like we didn't have that foresight. Like we weren't like, oh, let's let's do this and let's get a record label and let's do this and blah blah. blah. We were all content just playing shows to our fucking homeboys and watching them kick the shit out of each other, you know. Mm-hmm. So like that's I didn't really think about anything more than that. Like, man, the next show is going to be cool. Other people are going to show up. And they were slowly, like, learning the lyrics. The more they saw us, the more they hung out of practice. And so then you'd have some sing-alongs. And it just kind of progressed. And it just, I don't know, it was just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It was just adrenaline. It was badass. It was cool. And it, was, it's, it sounds like it was all, the whole existence of Stout has been very natural. And not a lot of it has, or any of it, has felt forced. Um, no, not at all. No, like you guys, we're, we're a bunch, you, you guys don't we're a push bunch it. Of lazy yeah. fucks. Like, <laughs> like we're, you know, it's, I mean, Jesus Christ, the last time we played was at that, uh, the family affair joint, you know? Yeah. 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 We haven't had band practice since then. We haven't, <laughs> I mean, we haven't written a new song and I couldn't tell you how long. Well, that's, so, I, guess, I guess that begs a, a kind of obvious question. Does stout still exist? Oh, yeah. Is Stout still an active? Well, active might be the wrong word, but Stout is still a band. Correct. <laughs> yes, the world ain't getting rid of us that easy. <laughs> what, you know what, what, I mean? what would it take for you to quit hardcore and punk rock? Uh, I don't believe in God, but it would be an <laughs> act of God. Because <laughs> I don't know anything else, bro. I mean, I've been doing this since I was fucking 10 years old. Yeah. You know, not necessarily to play in a band's part, but listening to the music and and, and all of that. I'm 47 years old, about to be 48. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much all I've known. Well, one of the things I've always really appreciated about you, and I can honestly say this, is that you, unlike not everybody, but Baltimore did a really Baltimore, the Baltimore hardcore scene does a really good job of embracing new people. At least it did when when I. At, from sure. my perspective, but you specifically sure. were always very good with welcoming in the new, the new people, the new crop, and the more the merrier kind of vibe. Well, from a, a band perspective, like you know, you go to shows and you see the fucking some of the older guys on the scene or whatever, like chase out some of the young kids and this and that and the other thing. Like this is very exclusive, you know, or whatever. Like, the only people we chased out were, like, fucking idiots and fucking Nazis. Right. Like, um, but from a band perspective, like, the more new people you have, the more people you have to watch your band play. So, like, <laughs> Simple it would be stupid. It would be stupid to, like, you know, and a lot of these young cats, or at the time, you know, younger cats have gone on to fucking two badass bands. Like, Travis, like, Travis, I remember talking to him and be like, I was like, man, like, I like you, man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, you know, whatever. But yeah, I, because I was like, man, I want our. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Seem to be big and nice and a giant fucking family, you know? Yeah, no, and, and you've always really lived that. And I, I, I want to interrupt you just for a second because Travis and Dom came to visit me just uh, two weekends ago, maybe. We brought the kids and our nice. kids were all playing. And, you know, it's an hour and a half drive up here. It's not like it's right down the road. So I really appreciate that. And it was very cool of them. And I told them I was, I was talking to you and I was going to, I was going to do this with you. And, and Travis goes, man, Scotty, Scotty's always been great to me. He said to me one time, Travis, you're one of my favorite younger guys. And Travis goes, yeah. Uh, but I was fucking 35. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was still in his 20s at the time, man. Because it was outside of like a DFF show at the, at the DFF house. You know what I mean? So yeah, I remember the next day I showed up because I, I got all blasted. I think it was after a Slumlords gig. I think we played with like, who was it? Vietnam maybe or something. One of the DFF shows. And, you know, I got all wasted and left my drums. I'll come back for him tomorrow, you know. <laughs> and I guess Travis was there doing something. I was like, man, I fucking like you, man. <laughs> you know. But, uh, and he's a beast, man. Travis is a fucking beast. Like, I remember that dude when he was still, like, you know, he, he was, like, very eager. And he would, like, try to do fills and do this and that. And sometimes it sounded like Matt jumbled up, but he was, like, you know, and that dude is like the fastest progressed drummer out of Baltimore that I've seen. You know what I mean? Like I was like, God damn, that that motherfucker's a beast. A beast and a and a great guy. I, I you know yeah, fuck yeah, that dude is salt of the earth. I love that dude. Well that 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 brings me to a question I like asking Baltimore people. When you think about Baltimore hardcore, is there if you could pick like one character of all the people you've known, who would be like the quintessential the character of Baltimore hardcore. Mm, that's tough, man. <laughs> I kind of feel like we're all a bunch of characters. The, the problem here, right, the problem know? with asking you that, Scotty, is that everybody's going to say you. So, mm. <laughs> and right, you know, maybe, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. No, it was pretty, no, it was pretty feisty. I mean, everybody had to, everybody had their own shit. Like as far as like, Personality-wise, just being wild or just, just, like, uh, just always a, at the shows. Uh, just or, a proper you know. representation of of the Baltimore hardcore scene. I mean, I think that's everybody on the scene, really. Because yeah. the majority of the people on the scene have been on the scene for a long time. Look at you. And the they believe that shit. 
You're a you know politician and you knew it. You- <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, no, but no. But it's no. true. It's yeah. true. Like, like one or two characters don't make up the scene. The whole scene makes up the scene, you know? Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. In yeah. my opinion, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the uh, Baltimore hardcore specifically has has gone through – I don't want to say phases, waves. There's been, you know, like any scene, venues change. Some things are constant. But one of the things that I've really appreciated is that a lot of the, a lot of the guys that you know you look up at, a lot of the older guys are are still there. Yourself, I'm sure yeah, you'd still be there if you were actually in the state. Um, sure. Jr. I mean, still you know, around. I, yeah, I came up under up under the older cats. You know what I mean? I'm a I'm a older, but you know. I came up under Jr. and Richie and Josh and and um, Sammy and Tad and you know all of those guys were like my mentors. You know what I mean? Like I learned about shit from them. Yeah. Do you remember what and, uh, what would be your most like memorable Baltimore hardcore show? All of them. Fuck, oh. I don't know, man. <laughs> that's that's a tough one, man. Um, fuck. I don't know, man. I I, don't, I couldn't even begin to. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shows, <laughs> you know. I, I mean, and they were all great in their own right. Like I, I don't think I can put my finger on like one specific. Like that was just the end all be all for me. You know what I mean? Like it was like every weekend when there was a fucking show or whatever. It was it was like okay, this is what's going on. Yeah, and half of them I probably don't remember, but I know I had fun. You know, <laughs> that's because you don't remember them. Yeah, I mean that's that's why you don't remember because you had fun. Um, there's one yeah, show, exactly. there's one show specifically that I'm very glad I didn't go to, and I totally intended to, but I started a new job earlier that day, and then they asked me to work on a Saturday. I started a job on Friday. They asked me to work Saturday, and it was it was your bar mitzvah. At the sidebar. Oh yeah, that w- that was classic. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> somebody just—I think—just sent me pictures of that the other day, and Jr. I think posted something on the Facebooks about it. Yeah, that was epic, man. Like, <laughs> I actually just was talking. To, I've, I've been hanging out with this girl down here, and uh, you know, she's old school uh, in the scene and shit from down here, mm-hmm. and. uh like something about the bar mitzvah came up. I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, can you say that at one of your shows you had naked jello wrestling bands played and two of your friends got stabbed? Like, I was like, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, it was, it was, that's unfortunate that, that, you know, two of my bros got stabbed, but, uh, it was an epic night for sure. I remember waking up the next day and, you know, like, cause I said, I, like I said, I couldn't go. And just like getting the messages or, or check, hearing from other people, and just like, what the fuck happened? What? Explain this all to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was it was out of pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely that was one for the books for sure. <laughs> That's the most memorable one I didn't attend. Um, <laughs> so, so you do stout, right? And yep, it seems you didn't play out too much. But outside of nope. Baltimore, where was your best? Where were your best shows at? It's tough because I mean, I, I guess if you want to talk about like the early days, like nobody knew us, and if if you played New York, like New York's got, uh, you know, nothing against New York. I'm not talking shit, but yeah. New York's got a like hardcore started here. So like, if you're not from here, 
Like, fuck you. Even hardcore bands from other boroughs wouldn't get respect back in the day. Like, yeah, you know, uh, like Billy Club Sandwich and that were, like, playing in Queens. Like, they couldn't play in the city. EGH. Um, you know, a lot of those bands, uh, One Second Thought, like, a lot of those bands didn't get the respect that they deserved. And they were great fucking bands. But, yeah. like, it was, like, uh, it was tough to break New York. Right. I'll just say that. But, like, the last show I played before I moved to Florida, which, which was, like, a week or two before I moved to Florida, we played in Brooklyn with Madball, like, District 9. And that shit was fucking lit, bro. Like, motherfuckers <laughs> were going crazy. People knew the lyrics. Like, I, we were like, what the fuck? Like, it, like, blew our minds because, like, you know, we hadn't played New York in a long time. Like, I'm, I'm shit. As far as Stout goes, I feel like... I could be missing some dates here and there, probably, but like we played a 9/11 benefit right shortly after 9/11 happened mm-hmm. um, for the you know for the family. It was like EGH, a bunch of bunch of the Queens bands. I think uh, Sworn Enemy was on there. It was it was a, bunch, a shit ton of bands, <clears throat> and the money was going to the families of of like fallen firefighters and things like that. Like you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it, you know. I was sick as fuck. I remember that. I was fucking hacking up loogies the whole time we played. Like, I was sick as shit. And, uh, whatever. But, yeah, it kind of, I don't know. Maybe it was the mood in the city at that time because of, of everything that happened. But I don't remember us getting, like, a great response. But I wasn't there for the great response. I was there to, to, to help out with families. You know what I mean? We yeah. were there to help out with that, you know? So, but, yeah. Um, typically Baltimore is where we, where we, you know, where shit went crazy. <laughs> um, but I mean, we, we had a good response in DC. We had a good response. Like if we played down South, like Virginia beach, like stuff like that, the VBHD kids would, were always fucking, you know, we're always cool. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, DC was good and, you know, Baltimore and, you know, that type of stuff. Philly, like we used to just drive past Philly on the way to New York, like fuck you, because <laughs> like Philly had a fucking huge Nazi problem, and it seemed like they couldn't get it under control. And for Philly either reason, or Allentown, both, hmm. both. Like I'm talking like uh, you know mid to late nineties, yeah, okay, maybe early two thousands. Um, and I'm not throwing shade on Philly at all. Like I love Philly, but like, it just seemed, you know, and for obvious reasons, you know, you got a, a band full of fucking, you know, sharp skinheads and we got a black dude at the helm. Like it wouldn't have went over so well, right, right. you know, we'd ended up fucking who knows, <laughs> you know? So we just skipped Philly. But then later on, we what was that? The first Unitarian church or whatever it is. Yeah. I remember we played there one time and the fucking that shit went the fuck off, man. And <laughs> I went downstairs afterwards to fucking powder my nose and <laughs> the fucking plaster had fallen off the ceiling from underneath of the mosh pit, like downstairs. Yeah, like yeah. Underneath where the mosh pit was, like there was plaster falling off the ceiling. I used the we were like, damn. <laughs> we were like, damn, we, we, we just did something, I think. Like the fucking ceiling's caving in, like, cool. You know? <laughs> That's that's a that's a but that's how we indicator. used to think about it, man. Like, like prior to Yuri getting hurt, yeah. 
Um, cause that fucks me up, man. Cause Yuri is my brother and, and has been since I was 16 years old. Like that's my fucking dude. <laughs> and so prior to, and Yuri got hurt during our set. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I remember the show. I was a, it was a fall brawl, right? We used to, it was kind of a badge of honor. Like how many people left in an ambulance when we played. Right. Like we'd be like, Oh, it was a two ambulance show. Like, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> But it was just people that got like banged up, and Yuri got like permanently hurt. And yeah, yeah. Like ever, ever since that, that kind of like changed my mindset on things. Like I was like, man, fuck. Yeah, you know that's interesting. Yeah. I've been asking people that a lot lately, uh, um, specifically older guys who've been in bands forever, um, how they feel now about watching watching the crowd get violent if they still love it or if they still or if it uh you know concerns them at all. And I think I think everybody just gets a. Uh, Rightfully so, a little more, uh, a little more uh, cognizant of what's actually happening. Um, sure, because the older you get, you get more aware of of your mortality. You know what I mean? Right. And as long as and you like, see it as, a, as as that it's like a consensual violence, then it's fine. But when yeah, it's, like if, yeah. if motherfuckers are dancing hard and you get your fucking head split or your lip split, I mean that's what happens. If you don't want to get hit, don't get in the pit. Right. Right. You know what I mean? But like Yuri. It wasn't in the pit. Somebody staged over and landed on him and, and you know, whatever. Yeah. So it's uh, it's touchy because, you know, I got so much love for that dude. When when they carried him off in the ambulance that night, I fucking I went to backstage and broke down. Like, I fucking cried. I fucking bawled my eyes out. I was I was just broken. Yeah. Cause that's my fucking dude, man. And to see him, I'm he's laying there on the fucking sidewalk. I'm holding his hand in the fire department was there but we couldn't get an ambulance because they were probably busy transporting some fucking junkie that fucking od'd for the 35th time that week <laughs> you know yeah, yeah so the fire department's there i'm like yo he's not on fire bro i'm like where's the fucking ambulance you know and i was kind of giving the, the guys a hard way to go i mean i you know i was like dude i'm sorry like I, you gotta understand i'm emotional but um so after he finally you know, because I'm laying, he's laying there, I'm holding his hand. And he's like, man, I can't feel my legs, man. That shit fucking broke my soul. Yeah. You know? I, I imagine. Yeah. And, uh, it was just, that was tough. That, that whole time period, like right after that, was rough for me. Yeah. That's really a, rough. I mean, that's when, that's, I was there then. You know what I mean? So, so I know what time period you're talking about. And you guys did a lot to, to try to help. And, uh, oh, yeah. 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 From from what I remember, it worked out pretty well. Um, yeah, we raised a lot of money for him, man, and, and people from around the world, like Hardcore Helps. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, everybody reached out, man. Everybody showed so much love, man, which was, was, you know, we were all super grateful for that. And I know he was more grateful than all of us combined, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yuri's great. So, always has been a yeah. total... <laughs> man, that guy's so nice. Uh, but... <laughs> Fuck it. Let's 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 move off of that. Um, yeah, 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 that's sad. I don't want to talk yeah. about that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You well, you've played drums for a lot of bands, right? Mostly yeah, stout. Couple. There's been Iron Cross. You were about, probably the longest drummer Iron Cross ever had. You did Slumlords. Correct. You did Next Step Up. Old Ham Boys. Correct. I'm sure I'm forgetting plenty of them. Um, but what made playing with stout different than all that because it was my baby man you know like that was my first like i said when i got back from being locked up when i was a kid i had a little band and shit and it was just kind of like 
you know, I think the most we played, we played a party, like a, a backyard party or something. You know what I mean? So it was like, it was cool. It was something to do at the time. But like when we did Stout, like that was like my baby. Like that was my first like real band, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I was just like, yeah, like this is, this is, I don't know. I just, you know, and even during all the other bands that I played in or whatever, Stout was still going on. And, you know, I just, I don't know, something about it. It's like that first, your first love that you can't get over. You still think about 20 <laughs> years later. You're like, oh, man, I love that bitch. I wish it would have worked out, you know? <laughs> well, you, and that's you're still with I this feel one. About I'm you're, sorry? You're still with this one. So that's yeah, good. Yeah, fuck yeah. 25, wait, 20. 95 shit. to now, what's that? Uh, I'm not doing that math. Are you kidding 27 me? years. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's pretty good. we're still one. together. <laughs> We're still together, and I still love my bandmates. You know. <laughs> well, the band now is what it's. It's you, Tad, Doug, and Aaron. Yep. You guys all spread out then, because Aaron just went to the beach, didn't he? Yeah, he's in Delaware. Dougie and Tad are still in Baltimore, and I'm fucking down here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I t- like, well, my fuckers are like. Motherfuckers are like, hey, we want Stout to play. We're like, okay, cool. It's going to cost this much plus airline tickets. <laughs> like, yeah, not to be greedy, but shit, you know. It's what it takes to get somebody out of semi-retirement. But the right, your, your records recently came up on on streaming services. How how did that happen? Are you even aware of that? Yeah, I'm aware of that because <laughs> people made me aware of it. And and who owes none you money? of us? Exactly, none of us did that. Like, someone else put that on there, and I think Thaddeus is currently trying to, like, Aaron was trying to investigate, but since Aaron doesn't have any uh, writing credits, because he didn't write any of the songs, yeah, um, they wouldn't release any information to him. Hmm. Uh, Spotify wouldn't. Interesting. So, I think Thaddeus is trying to get to the bottom of it, but, you know, he's busy as a one-legged man in the ass-kicking <laughs> contest, you know? And how many kids so, that like, guy got now? Three. Three? That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, he's busy. Yeah. And he's a stay-at-home dad. Like, he's busy as shit. <laughs> you know? So, I get it. But, yeah, it's like, I was just, I had this conversation with somebody, like, a week or two ago. I was like, you know, it's not like I can quit my job and whatever uh, residuals or royalties or whatever the fuck they want to call it from the streaming service, like, we're probably making like 35 cents a month <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. it's pennies yeah it's, yeah it's nothing that i can quit my job over and uh just like hardcore in general like right. yeah i'm in a band and you know we've played around the world and stuff but it's not a career it's just something i love to do so when i was talking to somebody i was like look man it's not the the point is that someone else is getting our 35 cents and they didn't write this song they didn't pay for practice spot they didn't pay for this or that they didn't do whatever so you know it's the point of it it's not the money there's no fucking money in hardcore unless you're like big time you know yeah and good for the people who can make money in hardcore yeah I fuck mean. yeah dude like there's only a handful of them man like you know hate breed mad ball sick of it all gnostic front you know there's a, there's a small handful and well, shit, I, I mean, to that man not i'm sure they're not your style but one out of baltimore right now turnstile is is making it pretty damn big for a for a hardcore band yeah dude i like turnstile man oh good I'm, I'm i'm pleasantly surprised to hear that i thought you might not yeah i mean you know 
I don't know. Sometimes my way of thinking is a little old school, but yeah. Um, but no, I I respect them and and I appreciate what they're doing. And, yeah. You know, uh, people's music, musical tastes, and you can't write the same album over and over like Hey Breed. Well, I mean, again, it, it points back to bands from Baltimore area being able to come up with a different sound. And they're another, right. they're another great example of that, and it's and good on them. They just played on a late the late night show or something, yeah, right? Kimmel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fucking good on them, dude. Hell yeah, making Baltimore proud. Hell yeah, they're doing great. Uh, you got ended out there, and yeah. we talked about them earlier. But ended's doing some big shows coming up with like Glassjaw, who's you know they saw like the Fillmore and Silver Spring Man. That's a giant venue. I saw Slayer there. You know, yeah, um, it's killer. Yeah, it's great. Um, have you considered, or has anybody ever reached out to you guys about reissuing those uh, the stout records and putting them out and getting like a proper vinyl release? I would love nothing more than to have stout on vinyl. Yeah. And who reached out a couple years ago? I'm trying to fucking think. Oh, it was um, what's his nuts? Uh, the school teacher. Anton. Anton. He's not a school teacher yeah. anymore, but Anton yeah. Anton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so Anton, a couple of years back, like more than a couple of years, I think I was still in Baltimore, I guess, when we started talking about it. Um, he was talking about putting it down on vinyl, and I would love nothing more because every other band I've been in, well, with the exception of Olden Boys, I guess, I got vinyl of all of that shit. I got Slumlords vinyl, I got Iron Cross vinyl, I got, you know... Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Uh, well, I never released anything with Next Step Up, but I have Next Step Up vinyl. I just don't <laughs> play on it. Yeah, but uh, I would love to have some stout on vinyl, dude. That would like just thrill me to death. Someone's got to do it. But shit, I was just talking to Dom the other day because he's you know he's doing the, the stuff for the coldest life stuff. Yeah, and he was like, man, he was like, I shelled out fucking a shit ton of money over a year ago. And still don't have the records. I was like, God damn. Yeah, no, that's the way it is right now. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm a lot of things, but patient isn't necessarily <laughs> one of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I would love it, man. I mean, if somebody wanted to step up and do it, like I don't think we would do it because we're fucking lazy. <laughs> but, but I mean if somebody did I dude, I would love to, I would love to, you know, if we could do sleep bitch and fucking uh and whatever the other one it, that we released, yeah, you know that would that would be great. See, I can't even remember the records. I'm like, yeah, whatever. The, 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 the one, you know, you know, the one, the one with the thing, yeah, <laughs> the thing with the graveyard, yeah, that one. Yeah, no, so, I, yeah, dude, I would love it. I would love it if somebody would fucking be into that. I would love it. I think about it all the time about how that's that's like those are like the records that I that I need. On, on vinyl, you know, I got I got yeah, plenty, dude, me plenty too, of records bro. I don't need, and uh, those are the, those are the ones I do need. Um. Yeah, <laughs> and, but see, my dumbass, every time you know any band I've ever been in releases some shit, I like give it all away, and then just, years <laughs> later, I don't have anything. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I want I want to like put out something on like YouTube, uh, not YouTube, but like uh, whatever, and be like, hey, does anybody want to sell the drummer of this band? Like my own record <laughs> I don't have it <laughs> you know it's like that with the Olden Boys like I want an Olden Boys CD but I, you know because I gave them all away I was like yeah here fucking have it you know I know how the song sounds you know <laughs> that's your and nature, now I'm though. like fuck I wish I had one <laughs> 
Well, uh, you can, they're probably available somewhere out there on the internet. If not, they will be, uh, ask for, just tell that's what Scotty P needs a old hand boy CD. If anybody hears this and doesn't have right. it, or wants to give him one, right, right. please give him one. Holla at me. <laughs> I'll be sitting by my pool waiting <laughs> with, the, with a gator, legs up on a gator. Um, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> All right, I would ask you this one last question, and then we'll we'll call quits for the evening. But uh, what's what's the coolest thing that you've been able to experience and do because of hardcore touring? Yeah, you love touring, don't you? Yeah, dude. Like, I, I, you know, I would have never. But you didn't do many. Class. You didn't do many domestic U.S. tours, though, if any. Right? Maybe no, 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 no. We, nope. I mean, we ran up and down the East Coast. Um, you know, did Florida, Texas, you know, New York, uh, up into Canada, um, on the East Coast. They denied me and Dimitri on the West Coast. They were like, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> um, Japan was fucking sick. Like, Europe, sick. Like, all of that. I never expected to do any of that shit from hardcore. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, like I said, going back to earlier, what I was saying, that wasn't in our plan either. It wasn't like, okay, so we're going to write these songs and then we're going to put out a record and then we're going to tour and we're going to have a manager and we're going to, we didn't have any kind of fucking agenda. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to play for our friends, you know? And then it just happened and it was like, fucking wow, that's amazing. Like, you know, first time we went to Europe, the first time I went to Japan, the only time I went to Japan. It was fucking insane. Like, I was like, God damn, this is amazing. Like, all this happened from some dumbass fucking hardcore that people were like, oh, that's stupid shit. Like, what are you doing with that? Like, yeah, well, I got to travel the world on somebody else's dime and check it out, you know? Yeah, but the thing that you're you're not, I know you're not forgetting this because I know you know this, but you were still playing songs for friends because you had people like Ishii and the Fellas in Sand in Japan, or you had... Totally. Or you had totally. the, the, everybody who's responsible for Ruction and all all the LBU guys and, and Pierre and all totally. them out in, in, in England. And uh, I think totally. that's that. I mean, I was talking about this the other day about how I don't listen to hardcore that much, but I will always love hardcore more than I love any other genre of music because of connections like that. Because of like like you, like you, a guy like sure. I haven't talked to in years, and it's great to catch up with. And oh, I know you from going to hardcore shows, right? And right. You know, f- from being friends through that, and uh, and that's one of the great things about it. And uh, sometimes the music sucks a lot, and sometimes the people suck a lot, but there's a lot more good than bad. Yeah, the band could totally suck. But it could be a great show because you're there with your fucking people. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like I I mean, I'll be honest with you. I listen to ska, rock, steady, and reggae, like, nonstop. Like, <laughs> that's what I listen to because it keeps me mellow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if I'm just, I mean, first of all, the traffic in Orlando sucks. The people drive like fucking complete morons. It's like, where'd you get your fucking driver's license? A cracker jack box? <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah. So, like, half the time when I'm driving, I'll listen to, like, Harry Krishna fucking chants and shit like that. Like, <laughs> reggae music, Harry Krishna chants, because it keeps me calm. Because I'll flip the... F- if I'm listening to fucking sheer terror going down the fucking street, I won't want to yank people out of their cars and fucking tune them up, you know? Uh, <laughs> Those days so, are over, so, right? I know, I'm fucking old and give out. If I got in a fight, both of us would be going to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Me yeah. because I broke a hip and him because whatever, who knows. But, you know. 
Yeah, it's crazy. But I, I, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a lifestyle, man. And, and I've been blessed to uh, be a part of it in the capacity that that I have, you know, touring and everything. Like, like I'm not like, yeah, I toured Europe. Like, I'm fucking grateful. Like, I'm like, that's, I'm fucking stoked. Like, I'm still stoked. Yeah. From a tour I did fucking 15 years ago. I'm like, fuck yeah. You know, that was awesome. I, I was looking through fucking pictures today. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, Japan and fucking... There's a picture of me, <laughs> the, the girl that I'm hanging out with, um, I sent her this picture. Iron Cross was, a, they flew us down to Mexico City to play one show. And we went to the Basilica in Mexico City, which is like super religious, like Catholic place. Like people make pilgrimages from all over the world to go to this Basilica. Right, right. It's like a big deal. But me and Mr. Jesus aren't necessarily friends, <laughs> so I didn't really give a shit. But I appreciated this as the historical nature of the thing and like how, how heavy it was for people. Yeah, yeah. So we were there and, you know, outside of the, the gates of the Basilica, there's like, you know, like, uh, you can get on a donkey, like a fake donkey and like get your pictures taken. And it's got like the Virgin Mother of Guadalupe in the background. So here's my dumbass with a sombrero on sitting on this fucking donkey <laughs> looking like a jackass in Mexico City, you know, whatever, but it's fun, you know, like I like to have a good time, you know. I can't deny that, man. Who who uh, <laughs> who could ever deny that Scotty P likes to have yeah. fun? Well, life's too short, man. Like I didn't think I'd fucking, you know, I didn't think I'd live to see my thirties. I didn't think I'd live to see my twenties. So I was just like, whatever, man. All this borrowed time, like whatever. Like let's have fun. Shit, man. I'm glad. I'm glad you've got to have that much fun. I'm glad you still are having fun because it sounds like you are. Yeah, I mean, not like I used to, but, you know, it's toned down a bit. But, yes, yeah. I still enjoy having a, a good laugh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, Scotty, I don't got any more questions for you, but I want to thank you big time for taking the time to do this. Uh, I had a lot of fun. It was very nice catching up. And uh, Dude, thank yeah. you for thinking about me, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, brother. Most people don't want to hear what I have to say, but okay. Stop, 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 stop,
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Scotty P. And the song I just played, of course, was Stout with Gods of War. My favorite Stout song. So, of course, I'm going to go with that one. Once again, i got to thank Scotty for taking the time to have that conversation. He might as well just book his return episode now because uh, he needs to come back. We need to get a little more in-depth. Why? Because it was fun. And I hope you enjoyed it, too. I hope you were surprised, too. I hope you were coming here for some... Uh, full-on debauchery and uh, scandalousness, and I hope you were disappointed and pleasantly surprised. That's what I hope happened when you listened to this episode. Uh, Hopefully, that's the case. If it's not, whatever. I'm used to disappointing people. 
When I first asked Scotty to do this episode, it was under the premise that there would be several Baltimore hardcore episodes recorded and that it would all be compacted into one. There would be snippets from each all in one episode and then they would all have their individual episodes as well. Since I'm telling you that, that's obviously not what happened and it is not happening. Though I do hope to have plenty more people from the Baltimore hardcore scene on to talk about their bands and their history and the wonderful stories they tell. But until then, keep coming back to Getting It Out Podcast and checking out whatever I got for you each week. It might be something you like. It might be something you hate. It might be something you heard of. It might be something you haven't. Speaking of things you haven't heard of and you may or may not like, I'm going to play you a song from Ocho Calacas. The song is called Mutante. They're a Spanish-speaking ska core band. So Mutante means mutant, which is you, you goon. Anyway, check it out. I hope you like it. The record comes out today, March 25th. It's called Fronteras. It's on Atomic Fire Records, available streaming everywhere. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.